hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey, on the team. And with us right now, radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahey. Top of the morning to you, Connor. I can, I'm not even going to try to do an Irish accent as well as you do, my friend. <laughs> not even when, when I was told that we were getting Tullamore Dew as a new sponsor on the Altitude Radio Network, I was like, oh, I, I got this. This one's in the bag. <laughs> you, you got it covered. I'm all over this one. This is your wheelhouse stuff for Connor McGahey. Yeah, I, I sent the first time I was like, because I asked Alan Baca, who's our home engineer, I said, for the, for the first read, I said, should, should, I, should I do it in the accent? Should I do it? Should I do it? He goes, yeah, go for it. I said, all right, well, I may be fired, but here we go. Here we go. And uh, so I, I texted Kevin Shock, your program director afterwards, with just the, like, yikes, you know, emoji, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> the Altice, like, and he's like, no, that was great. I was like, okay, whew. See, I, to death I, one more time. Yeah, exactly. So I had a chance uh, at the affiliate uh, game to, to meet uh, Kevin. And, yeah, Kevin's a guy that I, I could see him leaning hard into that, going, yeah, Connor, do that again. He just yeah, seems like he's that kind of guy. Exactly. Like, he's the, uh, you know, he's the all publicity is good publicity type of guy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, sure. which is Which is good, which is really good. I Listenership on, on Altitude Sports Radio uh, is is way up, obviously, and, and that attitude has a lot to do with it. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with an Irish accent, but uh, maybe I like to think it does. Uh, any uh, any shots of Telemore do during intermission for Conor McGahey? Who am I, Harry Carey? <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. What's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun. Not a shot, maybe a sip. No, no, that's uh, no drinking. No, no drink, no drink. That's good. That's yeah. that, that's a, that's the kind of quality professional broadcaster you are, sir. Not that 100%. Harry Carey was not a a fine pro, but but that was a different generation, my friend. Different generation. Yeah, I had no Brock Meyer here. <laughs> I did work with a local legend, Gene Roselle, when I was calling the Junior College World Series. My, I was in college. I was like twenty years old. And like the third game of the Junior College World Series, Connor, like third inning, briefcase uh-huh. opens up, flask comes out. Oh, boy. Glug, glug, glug. And I'm going, oh, wow. Um, they, this is not just some radio myth. They're, they're, there are guys that actually uh, have a little little nip on the air. So I was... Uh, different time. Different time, different my time. friend. Different time. Uh, did you see David Putty last night, by the way? Um, no. And it's just a shame that... Because uh, Patrick Warburton is one of my favorite actors, period. But, uh, you know, why you got to be a Devils fan? What's that about? I know, come on. Why? Don't mess with the Devil, buddy. We're number one. We beat anybody. We're the Devils. Yeah, and scaring the <laughs> heck out of that, that Spanish, you know, uh, clergyman. And just scared the heck out of me yeah, back the in the day. The Padre. Yeah, the Padre. So funny. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, funny. But what was not funny last night what, was but, the... But, no, I, I mean, to follow up on that, no, Jimmy, sure, no, I mean, Patrick Warburton does, he does do a stand-up for the Open, the, the team Open that plays on the Jumbotron beforehand. So like they got Putty to do the the all right, welcome to the welcome to the Prudential Center, you know, and the whole thing, and it's it's really good. And, and if you're the Devils, you have to lean into that because that's really the only thing you've got notoriety in yeah. media you've ever gotten. So I don't blame him for that. And uh, did I, he have a glass of barefoot wine? <laughs> and did he high five everybody <laughs> in, in the video too? By the way, oh yeah, that commercial is great. Yeah. With, uh, 
Some people think, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. I just so, remember with Elaine Bennis, don't, don't leave me hanging. Come on, don't leave yeah. me hanging here. Come on. What? What'd you think? Okay, so as we transition to actual legitimate talk of last night's game. uh, No one wants that. Yeah, I know. Well, some some do, Connor. Some do. No, Uh, they don't. If they do, they're lying. (laughs) Well, I I feel like I I, I have to ask you questions about the game last night. It's like the Avs got cheated. It's a contractual obligation. Oh, here we go. The Jared Jared Bednar thought it was a good goal, not happy with the goal that was disallowed in interference last night. So there's a Logan O'Connor on that, that uh, that uh, Jared Bednar, not the least bit happy about that call. Well, and no, nobody was. And so Mark Rycroft was with me last night. And, you know, the second that it's announced that Lindy Ruff is going to challenge for goaltender interference, we both turn to the monitor, look at the replay. And clearly my, O'Connor is outside the crease and then gets pushed into Vanacek by Timo Meyer. So he said, oh, this is... This is a no-brainer. This goal is going to stand. I mean, and and it was jaws on the floor shocked when they said that the goal um, was disallowed. I mean, shocked. And it, at Prudential Center there, first of all, the, the press box is um, on Saturn. I mean, it's way up there. It's, it's one of the worst spots in the entire league. Um, and they moved all the jersey broadcast down to the main section, but we have to remain in the stratosphere. Anyhow, that's a complain for a different day but anyhow so there's six or seven booths that are all separated just by glass that are next to each other and mark mosher and kyle keith are uh just sitting in one of the empty ones because he was an espn plus exclusive last night and Riker and i look down there and and they're i mean again mouths agape like what in the world and everyone's doing like the you know pushing pushing motion um and and it just it didn't make any sense and we even went back and looked at, at, at the rule, 38-11, and at, at, uh, further down in the rule at II, it says if a player is pushed into a goaltender, then there sh- shall not be an overturning of the goal. The goal shall stand. And I said, well, what in the world is that? Jared Bednar said this morning, he said that um, the referees thought that Logan O'Connor was just bumped and it wasn't, I don't know, it was a ridiculous explanation. So I... It's one of those things where you can look at a play and you can talk yourself out of it. And I feel like we've done that way too much in the last couple of years in the National Hockey League. Um, initial reaction is, hey, no, we got pushed in there, and so the goal should stand. The reason that video review exists is to correct obvious mistakes, clear and obvious errors. We've been saying that in every sport for, for, for years. The NFL... NHL, you want to get rid of clear and obvious errors, and and that was not this. This this was just a, a flat out mistake. The goal should have stood, um, but on the other side of the coin, Colorado needed to not give up two goals in sequence after that. But yeah, it, absolutely perplexing and frankly um, wrong from the NHL last night. Now replay is supposed to correct things like that to make sure that okay, yeah, it's obvious that he got shoved. And he, I'm totally with you on that. It's and again, the, the call on the ice is a good goal. Yeah. The instinct was that this is a good goal. Yeah. And Should have reinforced they that. Them, they talked themselves out of it, and frankly, there's no excuse for that. Did Jared Bednar or you guys, media with the pool reporter or whatever, get any sort of clarification why O'Connor's goal was wiped off, but the Devil's goal in the second was allowed to stand? 
I don't know. And uh, again, it was it was a tough night all around uh, last night, but there was no explanation given for that. And uh, you know, and, and the, the the human error piece, I'm okay with. You know, I, I just am. It's 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 part of it. I would rather have that than an eye in the sky just just refing the game after the fact. Um, but yeah, I just it, mistakes are made and. Again, I would have been okay with the Jersey goal had our goal stood as well. You know what I mean? There was, there's no, and everyone just wants as much consistency as you can get. But you saw the discrepancy between the two plays last night. It was just inconsistent. Avs Radio Voice Connor McGahee with us today on the Team Sports Network. Avs fall at New Jersey five to three last night. We also Connor sadly saw the end of Nathan McKinnon's fourteen game point scoring streak come to an end. 11 shot attempts last night, had some really good chances, but uh, held off the score sheet just, what, the second time in the last 35 games. That shows how red-hot Nathan McKinnon's been. Yeah, and just the third time since the last time the Devils and Avalanche played, which is just unbelievable. He has 76 points in that time, by the way, in 41 games, which I, th- I think is good. Um, not sure about that. I'll have to double-check and make sure that that's good. Um, but, uh, no, for McKinnon, I mean, he's the first player since Joe Sackick back in 99-2000 to have two point streaks uh, of 13 games or more inside of the same season. And it just doesn't happen very often. And we talked about inconsistency with other things earlier. How about consistency with Nathan McKinnon? And um, willing to obviously <laughs> give him a break when he's not on the score sheet Avs tallied three goals, you know, two goals from defensemen. They still have the highest scoring decor in the National Hockey League, and Miko Rantanen uh, gets back in the groove as well. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a bummer to see it come to an end. But like the way when the last one ended, he started another one, and that's what I anticipate happening coming up next with Nathan McKinnon. It's not if it's just when for for Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I think it's just, that's how this season has gone in particular. Uh, Zach Parise, now a couple games with the Avalanche, said he wanted to come to Colorado for, for a chance to win a Stanley Cup. What's been your uh, your takeaway watching him play through his first couple of games with the Avs? Yeah, I think he's been great, and he's played in the 11-minute range in, in the first two, um, but I, I think that he's more 200-foot than I remember watching him uh, with either Minnesota or New Jersey, and uh, he's an impact player out there all the time, and you know once he gets his sea legs under him a little bit more, he, he's going to make a big difference. He's not playing like a 39-year-old, um, which is absolutely a good thing. So the body's keeping up with the brain when it comes to Zach Parise, and I think he's been very impressive. And, and the the combination between him and, and Johansson and Arturi Lekkinen and, and Jonathan Drouin in the second half of, of that game um, last night and really the night before has has freed up Ryan Johansson as well. So I, I think that you know sometimes you need uh, a buddy to play with, and I feel like Zach Parise and Ryan Johansson could be uh, a good pair to to be together going down the stretch here. And then one final thing with the the backup goaltender situation still being kind of unsettled. Eustace Hannon and got the start last night. Twenty six saves, thirty shots last night. Your takeaway from what you saw from him last night is the Avalanche still kind of evaluating what that looks like behind uh, Georgie. 
Yeah, I mean, goals above expected is, you know, where you're looking at for goaltenders. And I think there's only been one start of Onanen's in the NHL where he um, has had under three. That was a 4-1 win versus the Blues last year, if I'm not mistaken. So um, it's like Bednar always talks about his three keys to victory. The first is uh, a quality start from your goaltender. And that means making the saves that you're supposed to make and then a couple big ones along the way. Um, probably would have liked to have had one of the two uh, that went in for Jersey. Um, the John Marino one, I know that um, some people are on Nathan McKinnon for not lifting the stick of Marino, but still um, maybe that's a save that you need your goaltender to make. But um, it's a fluid situation for the Avalanche. And... Um, you don't want to absolutely hammer your starter, even though he likes to play in the net. But I mean, we're cognizant of, of personal preference and <clears throat> and you know the the health aspects and uh, of a goaltender and monitoring what they what they can and can't handle. Um, the good news is the second half of the schedule, the 31 games remaining for the Avalanche, um, you only have three back to backs left. And you have a lot of sequences where you have game two days off, uh, you know, game day off, game day off, and then two days off after that. So the rest schedule is lining up for a lot of Georgiev starts. You don't want him to be fried once the playoffs begin. Um, but uh, it, it's in a place right now, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Avalanche where they, they can have Georgiev play, but um, they'll keep all options open internally, probably, and, and externally here for the Avs. 